We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, thank heaven. It's week seven of the NFC East Feast. And guys, right now in the National Football Conference, there are four football teams that have a winning record, and three of them are in our very division. Other than, of course, the Eagles, Giants, and Cowboys, the Minnesota Vikings are the only team in the NFC that can say they're over 500. So that still speaks to how strong we're playing football right now. The one team, of course, that is not on the winning side in the NFC East is the Washington Commanders. And John, I wanted to start this show asking you a question. This is a fan question from a friend of the podcast, Mr. C.T. Hamilton. And he asked that I say, hey, John, how much of the dysfunction of the Washington organization do you feel has to do with the struggles that are affecting the team on the field? So I'm going to rephrase that and say, Dynamite Dan Snyder's blowing up your franchise. (laughs) Do you think that's why you guys are losing football games? Yeah, uh, absolutely. There's I I see too many too many fans on message boards, on Twitter, on all kinds of stuff. There, there are still Dan Snyder sick fans out there Jeez. that will tell, yeah, that will tell you that it's co- oh, it's just coaching, or these players just don't play the way they're supposed to, or blah blah blah. But this is twenty years of dysfunction, and I think that it accumulates over time. So mm-hmm. even at times when we believe that we're supposed to be a decent team, uh, there's always issues because it's it's systemic in a lot of ways. Um, and, and I thought back to it, um, you know, cause I just been, th- obviously you think a lot about it in season, which sucks. Cause you don't even get to really think <laughs> about football. I mean, but the fact that Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera, especially in retrospect, I think is, was somewhat washed of a coach. Um, and I think that he was betting on Washington to bring him new life. And I think that he was one of the only guys that was even available or would consider coming here. Right. And it's gotten to that point now where, you know, we talk about how we haven't had a real legitimate GM um, in, I think in Snyder's entire tenure. And I think that not doing things structurally from a football standpoint that, that other teams do to win, it's just been a 20 year quagmire that leads to this kind of product year after year. So yeah, I think that, I think that it has to, the blame has to go with off the field stuff. Yeah. Well, shit, shit runs downhill. And to speak to your point about coach Rivera, the guy may just be physically and mentally drained. I mean, once he got the job, he had to beat cancer and now he's having to, to literally beat the toxic 
um, sludge that is the front office that's you know seeping into the pores of his franchise literally as you know the seats come apart in the stadium so uh, <laughs> let's talk about the sludge that's on the field though because that team actually did get a tough thursday night win i think there are some positives to take out of that game you guys had every reason to fold in that For game the bears yeah it is the bears it is the bears <laughs> but they were inside of a, the one yard line i think three times and you know you guys yeah. stuffed justin fields one time Jonathan Allen comes up with his first career interception on the other. And then Benjamin St. Juice makes the play of the season for you guys, stopping Darnell Mooney at the one-yard line. You walk out of there with a victory, but then Carson Wentz breaks his finger. Now he's out four weeks. So do you, you come away from that game with any optimism, or is it just like, oh, wow, we, we won again? Not at all. Not at all. Zero optimism. Actually, more pessimism. Um, you know, <laughs> We get our first takeaway, I think, in uh, since week one, yeah. um, which is great. The defense, yeah, like you said, looked pretty good. But then when you when you consider that we were playing Justin Fields and the Bears, it doesn't feel good. It was like this is what you were supposed. This is what you should be doing against this poor offense, right? right? But there were times, and I was texting you guys. There were times where Fields was having no problem moving the ball down the field. Uh, their run game looked pretty good. Khalil Herbert, even their second back, looked good at times. I thought it was an awful watch also, uh, as many people did. So apologies on behalf of the Washington Commanders to anyone that was hoping to watch football last Thursday. Um, but no, that was a game that we did not win. Rather, Chicago lost, right? You mentioned a couple of the one-yard stands, but one of them was when – you know, St. Juice, credit to him, a young player that I do like on the team, made a big stop to, to save the game-winning touchdown. Um, but even before that, if you take away the muff punt on special team uh, that, that Chicago had, right? I mean, that was kind of a bad blunder, but that game would have ended completely differently, in my opinion. I mean, that would that that was the mistake. We had two 12-man-on-the-field penalties. <laughs> two in a game. And... and we had an offsides coming off of like a long commercial TV timeout, like just all indications of bad coaching and bad. And, and so one of the 12 men on the team, they scored a touchdown. So the, the penalty didn't even matter. They scored right. a touchdown with 12 men defending. And then on top of that, uh, well, I think one or both, this wasn't like 12 men on the field. Like Aaron Rodgers sees a guy running off and times the snap to get, the penalty these guys are lined up well maybe that's why you guys had so much success shutting down the bears running game because you had an extra defender maybe we had extra defenders <laughs> yeah, they, they however i do think time. that that's the one positive i will take out of it is the defense justin field is a weapon with his legs david montgomery and as you said clear herbert broke off like a 60 maybe 70 yard run the bears can run the football and, and you guys played pretty tough defense uh before we move on to the next game do you have any update on Chase Young? When is he going to be back on the football field? Everything I've been seeing is that they really are. I don't even know if it's cautiousness at this point. I think that they're just trying to feel it out and make sense right. of when it when it's best for him. So he's definitely not going to be playing this week. I read that he is supposed to be getting um, uh, another opinion or another look from his specialist this weekend. And then they're going to look at this week ramping him up, get him a full practice if they can and see how he feels going into next week. So it could be as soon as uh, 
the weekend from you know the one coming like the one coming up, or it could be two weeks from now. Okay, well, I hope to see him out on the football field. He he's a fun um, kid to root for. Absolutely, I'm, I mean, I'm really excited for his for his return. Just you know, just because of like what you just said, he's just a fun kid to root for, and uh, I wish him all all the best. Um, for sure, sell the team. Sell the team. Well, regardless, the Commanders get a win. We'll see if they can uh, get a win streak going as they travel to Lambeau. But before we get to um, that game, let's finish up wrapping Week Six and. The biggest win in the division shocked the entire NFL. The New York football giants beat the Baltimore Ravens. They're down by 10 points in the fourth quarter. They come back to win um, with the help of Lamar Jackson had a pretty ugly turnover, but credit to a guy's like, I believe his name is Julian love. Uh, I, I need to learn the giants defensive backs because Julian love and Darnay yeah. Holmes. These guys are playing <laughs> great football. But Daniel Jones is a name that I do know, and the stat I want to recite again that we talked about pre-pod, Daniel Jones has four fourth-quarter comebacks this year, people. That leads the National Football League. The Giants are 5-1 and one in four of those wins. He's brought the team from behind. And that's not a bunch of Danny Dimes magic. That's great coaching by Brian Dayball, and that is Brian Dayball knowing to lean on Saquon Barkley. Saquon was not amazing in this game against Baltimore, but they continued to feed him the rock and he pounded his way to 83 yards and a touchdown, which is what they need to do. Uh, And the Giants just find guys to make plays. The rookie out of Kentucky, Wondell Robinson, gets in the end zone. He's a speedster. So look for him to start making plays while the, the rest of their wide receivers get healthy. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, the rookie tight end from San Diego State, got in the end zone again. So the Giants are just finding guys. And I think that's a a tribute to Coach Dable and their offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka. This organization is sound. They're the opposite of what's going on in Washington. I, I did not see this happen. I thought that the Giants, as the season went on, would get better. But yeah. We're, it's not even Halloween, man. They're, they're freaking good, John. Like, are you as impressed as I am? Absolutely, man. I mean, wow. Like, the Giants are for real. For real, for real. And you made a really good point. It, it was popping into my head as you were kind of describing, you know, not just the win, but what they've been doing all season. And they really are. They're they're a very almost direct contrast of Washington. I mean, you've got these guys that are, like you said, you're having to learn their names, come week five week six because you haven't taken the time to because you didn't think you needed to but when you've got guys who are not well-known playmakers making plays for you that boils mm-hmm. down to coaching and the Giants D is gritty enough to keep them in games and the offense continues to do exactly what they need to do lean on on Saquon who makes the plays when he needs to and then yeah the, Daniel Jones like you said just not he's not making the big mistakes and leading game-winning drives uh, Kayvon Thibodeau tooting my own horn right there definitely had an impact play um, I mean he's been playing well I didn't mean last week to make it sound like he wasn't playing well but he has a game ending strip sack huge yes. right another indicator of being a well coached team Saquon albeit hurting my fantasy points that I desperately <laughs> desperately needed uh, makes a super smart well coached play slides at the goal line rather than scoring a touchdown and giving the ball back to Lamar Jackson, um, the Browns, I mentioned pre-pod, lose a game earlier this year. Similar scenario. Nick Chubb takes it into the end zone. 
Um, there was some weird stuff in the game too. Don't get me wrong. Justin Tucker misses a field goal. When the heck is the last time that happened? I don't even right. know. But man, yeah, the Giants just, they're playing good sound football and they're, and you can tell they're well coached and, and they're rallying behind him. Yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to continue to get better as the year goes on. That was really his first game where it was a standout. And and kudos to you for for kind of calling him out. And and uh, now that he is kind of got his first taste of blood, if you will, I, I can I think that <laughs> that pattern is is going to continue. Yeah. Dexter Lawrence again dominating the interior of the offensive line. Uh, the sack fumble that Kayvon Thibodeau caused Leonard Williams the big cat comes off of the injury injury he recovers it so they're getting healthier they are getting momentum and they believe in themselves I'll say that that Giants organization has not had faith I believe in in their team on the field and up in that press box since Eli Manning was under center throwing helmet catches to um, <laughs> David Tyree, Tyree and, and Mario Manningham was doing toe drag swag. So so I think th- the Giants are for real. I don't know if they're going to go to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they're going to go to the NFC Championship. But I think that they are a playoff team. And it wouldn't even surprise me, to be honest with you, as, as, as much as I want to give kudos to Daniel Jones, he's not Brian Dable's guy. So I wouldn't be at the end no. of the year. They didn't pick up his option. Daniel yeah. Jones might lead them to a ten and seven record and go to the playoffs. And Dable goes, "No, I'm good. Like let's let's draft my guy." But yeah. it doesn't matter. It just shows you that that Dable can win with the groceries that somebody else bought. Wait till he is sitting in line at the grocery store and he's picking it out. Then we're really going to see. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, I mean, not the Ravens, man. I, they got to figure something out. What's going on? I mean, they look good, right? They keep putting product on the field, but then they're just losing games in the fourth quarter. That's just not what you would expect. So, no, not not from not from a John Harbaugh coach big, football big team. Big and, big win for, and it for could be that the, the Ravens, um, their defense is a little leaky. Maybe they yeah. miss Wink Martindale, who the Giants stole. <laughs> So, so kudos to Brian Dable again. This is like the Brian Dable happy hour, but for 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 uh, assembling a quality coaching staff. So we, we'll look yeah. forward to the Giants as they travel to um, Jacksonville this weekend. But we have to wrap up week six first with Sunday night football, which saw the best team in the NFC continue their undefeated season. The Philadelphia Eagles defeat my Dallas Cowboys 26-17. to the first quarter of this game was a little bit sloppy. I, I was excited. I'm like, okay, maybe we're going to have, a, you know, like a typical Cowboys game, 17 to 13. I like the way it's going. <laughs> and then just like the Eagles do, they have scored 112 points in the second quarter alone this season. Oh, my gosh. That's the most points that any team in the history of the National Football League has scored in a, a single quarter through six weeks of the season. There's never been a football team on God's great earth to be better than the Eagles in the second quarter. And this week, they weren't any different. They scored 20 points in the second quarter, and they go into halftime with a 20 to nothing lead. I really liked what they did to neutralize Micah Parsons. They used the read option. They would run the read option directly at Micah. And, and Micah was looking right at Jalen Hurts, and Jalen was looking right back in his eyes. And whatever Micah did... Jalen would do the opposite. If Micah stepped forward, Jalen would step back, make a cut upfield. If Micah drifted away towards Miles Sanders, he would take it up in, in the gut and put it in Miles Sanders' chest. So it's like they couldn't win. I thought it was great, 
um, game plan by Nick Sirianni and their offensive coordinator, Gannon. The receivers of the Philadelphia Eagles proved to be too much for the Cowboys defensive backs. Um, what's AJ Brown got in the end zone. Devontae Dig, uh, Devontae Smith, excuse me, got in the end zone because of the lack of coverage from Trayvon Diggs, as I, I should say. And the Eagles ran the rock. That's one thing that you can do on the Cowboys defense. As stingy as they are, you can you can pound the rock on them, and the, the Eagles certainly did that. To flip it over to the offensive side of the football, I do take some positives out of the game because when it was 20 to nothing at halftime, I thought this was a typical game where the Dallas Cowboys tuck our tails and we leave Philadelphia with a 41-6 to ass-whipping. But kudos to Mike McCarthy, although I still want to call Mike McPenalty because we had 10 penalties for 75 yards, as we so often do. But whatever he said in that locker room rallied those troops, and we came out and scored 17 unanswered points in the third quarter. So before you know it, it's 20-17, to and I think we got a chance to win this game. But Cooper Rush finally showed all of us why he was undrafted three interceptions his first three of the season it's kind of crazy he hadn't thrown an interception it was bound to happen the first one is a tip ball um ends up in the hands of cj gardner johnson the second one is just a fantastic play by who i'm going to say might be the best cornerback in all of football big play darius slay and the third one could have been a cd lamb was running wide open it could have been a, the touchdown that brought us to 26 to 24 but brandon graham runs free, drills Cooper Rush right in the chest. Cooper cannot finish his follow-through. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who I, I believe broke his thumb in this game, the way he was holding his arm, um, his thumb up, looked like it was in excruciating pain. But they taped it up. He comes back out there, gets his second interception of the game. This Eagles defense with, with Graham and, and, and Hargrave and, and Fletcher Cox in, in on the D-line. And then T.J. Edwards, another guy who I barely even heard of, but Kaiser White was making plays for them. Uh, I forgot they even drafted N'Kobe Dean out of Georgia, one of my favorite college players last year. And yeah. the defensive backs, as I said, Gardner Johnson, two picks, Darius Slade, James Bradbury. They're a juggernaut, man. Nick mm-hmm. Sirianni's all fired up. He's saying, fuck you, that's game. Like, I... <laughs> I, I I don't. I hate to say it. Wearing all this Cowboys gear, I know. I know my 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 Kentodiakis boys are going to puke in their mouths when I hear this. But I like the Eagles. I'm just such yeah. a fan of of who they are. And I don't know, John. Throw throw some throw some water on this fire because I'm just I'm just fanning the flames of Philadelphia. Yeah, man. I mean, I wish I could. I I, I will never be an Eagles fanboy. That's for sure. It makes me disgusted right. that we have to celebrate them this way, but they're just damn good, man. Like you said, Sirianni's got them fighting. He's got them hungry. Although it's like me and you laughed about it. I don't know how many times like fucking playing tic-tac-toe or rock, paper, paper scissors, scissors or <laughs> horse or whatever the hell he does, but it, it worked, man. I mean, kudos to Dallas, man. Like you said, you guys really did fight, and to keep it, a, it was a one possession game to start the fourth quarter. Yep. Um. There, there was a a, a moment where I was like, all right, I'm just gonna, like, I'm just gonna pack this up and go to bed. I'll watch the the highlights for anything I miss. But, um, I think that what really happened in this game, because if you look at the box score, it it seems like a fairly even game outside of outside of Cooper Rush's three interceptions that obviously kind of put the dagger on you guys. But really, I think the biggest difference is that. Philly's playmakers, all of them played, and they all of them made big plays. Yep. Um, Miles Sanders, Devonta Smith, and A.J. Brown all score a touchdown. Um, they all do exactly what's needed, and obviously Jalen Hurts, right? I mean, guy's still playing just phenomenal. 
I'd say one little positive takeaway that I remember thinking, wow, okay, this wasn't a little, you know, preseason flash was Turpin on special teams for you guys. Yeah. I don't think that you got, I, I know it kind of looked that way a little bit, but I don't think you guys peed down your leg. You know, I mean, you, you didn't play great, but you had a rally to come back. So I don't think that you've got to be upset as a Cowboys fan. It, it hurts, but the Eagles are just good. They're damn good. And and what I am impressed with is that in the second half, Kellen Moore continued to run the football. And believe it or not, yeah. Ezekiel Elliott looked pretty looked good. good. He got in the yeah. end zone, had, had like 85 yards rushing on average Couple four and a half, five tackles, yards. Yes. I feel like he's not done. A lot. He, he looked like vintage Zeke. He he has a strange history of Philadelphia. He jumped over a guy one time in Philadelphia. So like maybe maybe just just that dark Philly green got him going. But it, <laughs> it was it was so nice to see they, they shut down Tony Pollard. Um, so good to see them continue to run the rock. Our rookie tight end uh, Jake Ferguson got in the end zone on a nice little Euro step. That was a positive. And uh, our first round pick Tyler Smith. Uh, CT sent me a clip uh, from somebody breaking down his film. Right now, he's graded above guys like um, Evan Neal, Ekum Ekwanu, um, tackles who were drafted over him. Tyler Smith right now is considered the the cream of the crop of his class. People thought that that was a reach. Yeah, I mean, Tyron Smith when he went down, we were supposed to, it was supposed to be like man overboard. So shout yeah. out to Tyler Smith and that offensive line for um, as a cohesive unit, just playing good enough to to give us a chance to win that game. So yeah, we didn't beat the Eagles, but I still think we're a good football team, and that's going to lead me into the power rankings because, of course, number one is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. I think other than maybe the Buffalo Bills, they should be number one in the entire NFL, but certainly in this division, Philadelphia is number one. I still have the Dallas Cowboys number two, although the Giants are a game up on us. We beat the Giants head-to-head, so that tells me that we're a better football team, and when they come to Jerry's World on Thanksgiving— I think we pull out the brooms and we sweep them. But the Giants are a strong number three. The Giants yeah. the Giants or the Cowboys, however you want to have it, are the best third-place team in the NFL. For sure. And, of course, bringing up the caboose are the Washington Commanders. But Buried you never know. under the basement. <laughs> Buried with the bodies is the Washington franchise. All right, guys, I want to start off our Week 7 preview. I'm just going to pick up right where we left off and talk about the Cowboys because this is a game that I am so excited about because tomorrow afternoon I fly to Dallas, everybody. I will be at this game. If you don't follow the NFC East Feast Instagram, please do yourselves, NFC underscore East underscore Feast. I'm going to be posting content all weekend long. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be staying right in the heart of downtown Dallas, be bouncing around bar hopping all weekend, and then I'll be at that game um, because it's on Central Time. It'll actually be a noon kickoff for me, but 1 o'clock Eastern for all of you. The Detroit Lions are coming to town, and I think off of a bye week, Dan Campbell's going to have them fired up. The Cowboys are favored by seven points. I I think that's too many for my liking. Luds will come on in just a minute and tell us his opinion. The Detroit Lions can score points. Dallas has a good defense. We gave up 26 to Philly, but Philly might be the best there is in the league. But Jared Goff is going to have back at his dispense DeAndre Swift. Um, something I, We're not talking about the Eagles right now, but something uh, a stat that popped out to me in the Eagles-Cowboys game. The Philadelphia Eagles have only allowed one run of 20 yards or more the entire year. That was Dang. the first play from scrimmage. Of the NFL season, DeAndre Swift went for 50. So that just shows you the kind of athlete that DeAndre Swift is. Joining him in the backfield will be Jamal Williams. 
You've got TJ Hawkinson, an athletic tight end. Amon Ross St. Brown for my fantasy guys. Get him back in your lineups. He is a PPR monster. We've got DJ Shark. And although he's not going to play in this game, Jamison Williams, the rookie from Alabama who tore his ACL in the national championship, will be back soon for them. So Detroit, who also um, bodes a pretty decent offensive line, they're going to come ready to play. So my Dallas Cowboys defense better be ready. I think that we can hold Detroit enough to get a victory. Of course, this is Dak to the future. Dak is back. I'm very excited to be at Dak Prescott's um, return game. He's got a full clearance from the doctors. He's not going to be wearing any kind of brace on his thumb. So it's full go for Dak in the offense. Dalton Schultz is back. Not that I think that's that great. I might rather have the the rookies, um, Hendershot and Ferguson, to be honest with you out there. But um, regardless, Michael Gallup, who has a good rapport with Dak Prescott, is going to be there. C.D. Lamb maybe can catch a pass or two rather than drop one. <laughs> I expect Noah Noah Brown to be less effective because he was more of a, a product of Cooper, Cooper Rush. Rush guy, yeah. But I'm expecting for my fantasy guys again. Uh, Detroit's very very porous against the run. Get Zeke and Tony Pollard as a flex play at, 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 uh, absolutely this week. So get my Cowboys into your offense and what I think for the first time this year, will be a shootout for the Cowboys. The Cowboys led the NFL in scoring last year at 31 points. They're down only 18 points a game. I expect us to get closer to that 30-point threshold. I got us beating the Detroit Lions 29-26. to Close game. I think Detroit comes into Jerry's World, puts up some points, and gets a little sweat underneath my Dak Prescott jersey. John, how about you? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you uh, on the on the close points. Um because I think I just look back at it as you were talking and man, the lions, the lions really with, with the offensive progress that they've made, you named all of those playmakers. Josh Reynolds is another guy who's mm. catching balls. They're really, they really are producing on offense, but I thought that this would be the year that they would get past losing all these close games. I just looked at it. They've lost two games. Every game that they've lost has been within a margin of four points. Four points was the greatest deficit that they that they lost. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I can definitely see this being a close game in Jerry's world. Uh, also interested to hear what Luds has to say about um, about the spread on this one. But they're coming back off a of bye, so Dallas has got to watch out for that. They're definitely going to get a little healthier, so they're going to have that full complement. Um, I think this, yeah, this will be a sneaky fun watch. Um, I wonder, can Dak be the spark for you guys, right? Because one thing, one common thread that I've noticed this year in the NFL um, is especially like even for, for Washington and for you guys, people talk about the balance. I guess this kind of applies to Daniel Jones also, right? It's kind of that balance of your quarterback playing the position the way it's meant to be played and also that it factor of being able to elevate and make mm-hmm. a little something extra happen. Um, you got guys like Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen that are freaking incredible at it. But then you look at guys like Wentz and there are times where he scrambles. You look at guys like Cooper Rush where there's t- there's times where they try to make something else happen outside of what's what's there and they don't they fail. So can Dak play that compliment for you guys, right? Can he balance the game and then make the plays when it when it's necessary? It's that weird balance of not doing too much, and and I hope that uh, Dak learned a little bit for you guys' sake, watching Cooper Rush play within the confines of the offense and that he picks his spots when it's time to make a play. Um, 
hopefully he can be that spark and uh, you can let all the anti-Daxers uh, eat grow. <laughs> but I have a close game prediction too. I'm taking Dallas 28 um, over the Lions 24. Very well said. Luds, welcome to the show, my friend. What are you doing here? 9 and 11, boys. 9 and 11. I'm, I'm getting better. Creeping. Creeping yeah. to that 5 yeah. hour. <clears throat> Two winning weeks in a row. Feeling good, boys. Feeling good. This game's a minus seven Dallas at home. B, B, are you nervous about this game at all? With the Lions I, coming off bye week, I'm nervous because, like, I'm so like I, you know, we're you know me and my buddy Donnie, we're flying to Dallas tomorrow. We're gonna be you know drinking whiskey on the plane, and we're gonna check into. <laughs> we got a nice hotel right downtown, and like I'm I'm so pumped up just for the weekend that it's gonna be. Yeah. If it ends in utter disappointment, yes, I'm nervous, but I really do think the Cowboys <laughs> got this. Yeah, I I do too, I do too, but I think this is uh, man, it's just one of those teams. Like that's just one of those like probably five teams I probably like just wouldn't want to play coming off by yeah, me, yeah. and especially yeah. after they lost the the ass kick and they took to the Patriots. Going into this bye week, I think they're going to be really motivated, man. Um, yeah, I got the Detroit Lions plus seven. Um, you know, I think Dallas's defense can can hold them in check just enough to get the edge on this game. Cowboys thirty one twenty seven. Detroit plus seven in this game. And more credit Detroit to your guys' plus. point. You, more more credit to your point. You know that Detroit's. You know they haven't been beat. What you say? More than four points this year. Yeah, all these the close Patriots. games. Yeah, yeah, right. Other, uh, other than the Patriots game. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, completely, completely. You know what? Yeah. I saw the zero, and I overlooked that as if it was just not a score. <laughs> which is shocking. Which is shocking to me. I mean, I had them as an upset that week um, when they just got absolutely blew out. I mean, the way they've been scoring points. So yeah, I mean, this I'm with you. It's a high scoring game, thirty one twenty seven. And let's shout out the Detroit Lions for the only win they have of the year, which is, of course, over the Washington, the Washington Commanders. Commanders. <laughs> but no, Detroit um, and Dan Campbell will be ready to play. So this is an exciting game. Um, like I said, follow my Instagram all weekend. And if I show my ass enough, maybe I'll make it on TV. I, I will not put on a PETA shirt and be streaking on the field, though. Micah Parsons will not be tackling me on national TV, guys. I'm sorry. I, I cannot do that. Um, now let's go to the second game. Of the week seven slate. This game, the line on this surprised me. The Giants are traveling to Jacksonville. So they are the road team, but Jacksonville is favored by three. Now, even if you give the home team as a Vegas sharp three points, Vegas is telling us that this is an even game. They even pick them. I don't see it. Jacksonville is coming off back to back divisional losses to the Texans and the Colts. They cannot morale cannot be high. They're they're certainly playing better this year than they have in previous years. Doug Peterson is on a much smaller scale doing what Brian Dayball's doing. He's riding the ship. He's guiding Trevor Lawrence, much like Coach Dayball's doing to Daniel Jones. They're 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 trending in the right direction. I'll say that. But this upstart Giants team was coming off wins against the Packers and Ravens, blue blood franchises of the NFL, are gonna come down to the shithole that is Jacksonville, Florida, and <laughs> lay an egg? I think not. I confidently think the Giants win this game. They're not going to blow them out because the Giants don't blow teams out. But yeah. they, because of the coaching, have an intangible advantage in this game, I think, on all three levels. Jacksonville, to me, doesn't scare me on the defense. Saquon Barkley 
Give me Saquon for a buck 20 total yards. He gets in the end zone. And one of these others, whether it be Sills, Bellinger, Wondell Robinson, one of these guys, maybe the backup running back, Matt Breda, one of the unexpected guys in the Giants, I think finds their way into the end zone to give them a late lead. I'll say Giants 26, Jags 20 in this game. Dang. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I literally thought the exact same thing when I looked at that spread uh, giants as road dogs, uh, to the Jags just doesn't really make a ton of sense. The Jags have had a couple of weeks where they've kind of inspired some confidence. I thought they looked pretty good against the commanders. I thought they looked pretty good against Philly. Um, but they've had some head scratching games too. Uh, you said, you know, you don't have to be terrified of their defense, but I have looked, um, for fantasy purposes, but they do they do cause some chaos. They'll get some sacks. They can get a turnover here or there. Um, they have the other I Josh think, Allen. Yeah, I think uh, this is going to be a slow, boring, low scoring game, like all the Giants games. I think the Giants are going to do a good enough job keeping that offense at bay, um, and hopefully, for their sake, they can control it uh, on the ground with Saquon, which I think they do. Um, we mentioned it last week, and it uh, it kind of came to fruition. Hopefully, they can build on it this week. But now that he's got that compliment back of Wandale Robinson, um, and he, they can keep building an offense there, hopefully they get a little bit more exciting, and we, we <laughs> get away from kind of these grinded-out games with them. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I agree with you. I'm definitely taking the Giants here. Um, I'll go a little bit tighter, though. I think I'm going to go 24-21. 24-21. All right, we're both on the G-Men. Luds, are you going to make it unanimous? The Lone Wolf? <laughs> um, there's a reason why Vegas has them underdogs this week, boys. Okay. I, there's some something to that, I'm telling you. So I started looking into it a little bit. So Jags defense has given up more than 400 total yards and 29 plus points in two of their last three games. It's terrible, right? Very surprisingly. They're ranked number three in the league against the run boys. And what do the giants like Ah, to do? They like to run the ball. So if they can shut the run down and force Daniel Jones finally this year to maybe make some big time throws, we'll see what happens. 24-20, 24-20, Jacksonville, boys. Minus three. Wow, Ludge is on the Jags. You I think know it's what? a trap Ludge... game, bro. They're on the road. And if Jacksonville's offense can put up points, guys. Trevor Lawrence has been looking better. They put up – I mean, it was a shootout against Indianapolis last week. We coming. All right, Jay so. Ludge just finishing up. Yo, Jay Ludge, GVR. GVR is in the house, everybody. Welcome, GVR, to the NFC East Feast. He's uh, George is actually in Jacksonville right now on a business trip. George Ludge just picked the Jaguars to beat the Giants. How do you feel about that? Oh, man. Oh, man, bro. Your boy's feeling a little litty out here in Jacksonville. I'll be honest with you. To all the viewers out here, he's picking the Giants over Jayville. Yep. You know what? I like that, bro. I like the camaraderie of that team. I like the, I like the, I like the attitude of that team. I like the defense. Uh, I think Daniel Jones. It's about time, brother. It's about time, Daniel Jones. I think. I think they got this. And you know, what's the square? What's the spread on this? We're looking at Jacksonville minus three home favorites. No, 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 George, like George. It. I'm taking. I'm taking the Giants. 
I'm taking the Giants 20 to 19. All right, Joe, Ludge, Ludge is the lone wolf. Ludge is on the Jags. We're all on the Giants. Oh, no, I got them 2019. I'm sorry. I, I got 2019, and I got the Giants, so I'm on with y'all. Okay. All right, so Ludge is the lone wolf. George, before we get into the Commanders game, I wanted to talk a little and pump up your head about your fantasy football team. You're the, <laughs> we're, we're, we're in a 20-team league, and you are the only undefeated team at 6-0. and Yes, sir. And yes, sir. Something I noticed about your lineup this week, your starting tight end is Daniel Bellinger. 100%, bro. 100%. So you're taking notice of the rookie from San Diego State making some plays. I like him, bro. I like the connection between him and Daniel Jones. I heard they have great, you know, they got love for each other in the locker room. Um, I, I believe in these guys, man. I, I think the Giants got something going. Like I said, I picked them over the Jags. I, I love this team. Um, it's probably one of my favorite teams in the East other than the Commandos. But I will say right now, uh, Bellinger's going to put up at least touchdown, at least 60 yards, at least five catches. Ready to go. Boom. <laughs> All right. And one other side note in this game. George has Travis Etienne and Brian Robinson on his team. For, for yeah, my bro, struggle, every, struggle every week, dog. Struggle every week. For my fantasy guys <laughs> out there, it looks like the first couple weeks, Brian Robinson had the reins on this backfield. But if you look as the weeks have went on, Travis Etienne has popped lately. I suggested to you, George, this is this week. I believe the coaching staff loves ETN. They just wanted to see him prove it. I think he takes over. So if you got a tough decision out there, I'm going Travis over B Rob. How about uh, not, you not do? Brian Robinson, James I Robinson, gonna, James. I, I, honestly, J Rob? Excuse your, me. I, I am taking your advice, B. I'm going to take ETN uh, just based off of his catching ability. Um, I, I think that he's going to get at least four or five catches out of the backfield. I think they're going to have to do a lot of, you know, dink and dunks on the Giants because they're not going to get uh, downfield yardage. And I, I, I still think the Giants are going to take this game, but I agree with you. I'm going to sub in ETN for my boy J-Rob. Heard that. Okay, yes, and thanks for correcting me, John. This is James Rob, not not B-Rob. All right, George, Correct. I know that you're busy. you got a business. Go ahead, sorry. I know you're busy. So we're going to finish up the week by, by talking about Packers versus commanders we've got the packers coming into the nation's capital right is this in dc mm-hmm. it yes, is sir. and they the packers are a five-point favorite give us just what what are your thoughts on this game it's so hard to tell man and, and john knows this bro because i hear his emotion every week i really do man it's, it's a sad place to be bro it's a sad fan base right now we're, we're, we're in our own heads. We're, in our own, we're, we're emotional. Everything going on with Dan Snyder. You know, I, w- I was looking at the uh, the last time we got to the Super Bowl 50 years ago with George Allen in 1972. Uh, went 11-3. And, and it's just like, we, I haven't seen that, bro. I haven't seen that since, you know, I mean, 92 was the last time we went to the Super Bowl, bro. Yeah. And I was three years old, dude. I couldn't experience that. <laughs> And there, there's so many emotions with me right now, bro. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, Heineke's coming in there. I think he's Heineke. got the locker room. I think he's got the locker room, bro. I really think he's got the locker room. Uh, I think the guys are going to rally her behind him. You know, I don't think that fixes the old line. I think we have a bunch of issues in our own line. I think I think Brian Robinson will, will come to play that week. Uh, I think I think Aaron Rodgers is having a lot of trouble uh, in Green Bay right now and, and building camaraderie with his teammates. So I will say that, um, bro, it's tough for me to say, but I'm going to pick the Packers here. Uh, I'm going to pick them. 
I mean, I, I think the the minus five is uh, a little bit much for me. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the Packers twenty to twenty three. 20 to 23. So you got Washington covering the spread. P- playing them tough. So Heineke sparks the team, you think? I think I, I would not be surprised if we win this game. And I'm not sure what John said, but I think John might even be. I mean, I think the mobility of Heineke is really going to help this offensive line. I think Carson Wentz is a sitting duck out there, to be honest with you. I'm not looking forward to him coming back whatsoever. I'd rather have my boy Sam out there. After Heineke, if I had to choose, um, but regardless of what happens, Dan Snyder, fuck you. You got to get the fuck out of the fucking D.C., bro. Fuck you. All get right. Well, that's George coming to us from Jacksonville. <laughs> George, George, Love please it, enjoy, George. A, Love enjoy it, a few more cocktails on us. And um, <laughs> by all means, tell the people of Jacksonville that Jay Luz is on the Jags. He's the lone wolf. We love you, brother. We miss you. I understand. I understand. You get back to business. He's a piece of shit. I know. He's got to go. Okay. We love you, brother. We'll see you back in studio next week. Okay, kid? Be safe. Love you guys, man. Later. And that's George Van Riper coming from the hotel bar, clearly. Bringing the juice. (laughs) Coming coming in, ripping it, dude. Heated about his boys. John, John, you continue as a Commanders fan. Do you agree with where George is headed with? thousand percent man i mean it, you know it's so frustrating because here we are again it's another week and we're just really not even going to talk much about football like yeah i think heineke makes us more fun to watch he says he's worked on his long ball but i have my concerns too um but yeah i mean that's what the focus of the fan base is not at all on the product on the field which take it for what you will is that good or bad because we don't look good right now but like so it just hurts, man. It just hurts. Like George said, I grew up a Commanders, a Washington Redskins fan. Uh, you know, never seeing the success. I was five years old in the '92 Super Bowl, um, but I remembered my family members just loving and having that that tradition, right? That yeah, that winning franchise and and solidly built franchise. This was a well put together organization until Dan Snyder put his hands on it. And it's just gotten so murky and so cloudy. You know, the one crazy thing I think about this week is that all 500 Commanders fans in the stands are going to be electric. Yes. Electric with their sell the team, sell the <laughs> team, sell the team chance. It's going to be, it, it. it is going to be. At home, sell the team chance. Absolutely. They were doing it on the road in Chicago. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it's going to be a Packers home game. I don't know if the Packers fans travel, but it's not doesn't take much anymore. But the fans that are there are going to be <laughs> hopefully voicing their opinions. Um, to football, um, I think Green Bay's defense, honestly, is just going to be a little too much for us. Um it is a good defense. They've they've played soft. You know, just watching some of the some of the um, talking heads on ESPN, some of the issues uh, that they've had with them is kind of their their DBs playing off. Um, but one thing that uh, that I read that uh, sorry that I not that I read, but I was kind of discouraged about was listening to B Mitch and Finley, some beat guys uh, locally, is that at the end of 
last year where Heineke struggled the most was once teams started running man concepts at him and bringing pressure uh, more often from from the front. Mm -hmm. Um, Having confidence that they could put man coverage and bring pressure uh, kind of (laughs) created issues for Heineke in in areas where he wasn't now just throwing into zone windows and finding the open man. He is now having to throw guys open and make NFL throws. I, but again, he's gonna he'll do some fun stuff. Um, you know, he'll move around with his feet. Like to George's point, he won't be a sitting duck like Wentz unfortunately has been. Um, so it should be fun. Uh, hopefully, I, I expect us to lose. Um, I thought Rodgers was gonna have a bounce back um, against the Jets, uh, but lucky enough for him on the defensive side of the ball, we have a shuffled you know uh, secondary right now. William Jackson III is, from everything that I'm reading, is not going to play again. He says he's now not requesting a trade. Who knows? It's a mess. Um, but it's so it's going to be St. Juice again and then a mixture of some other guys in the nickel spot. So I think it's a good opportunity for Rodgers and his Packers to get hopefully get right um, for themselves because that's not a good look if they somehow lose to the commanders. Um, What's so, your score? I've got uh, Packers 24, Washington 17. Okay. I'll keep this short and sweet. I'm kind of aligned with you on that. I think Rodgers has the game this week that we all thought he was going to have last week. Now, by old Aaron Rodgers standards, I think he has a pedestrian game. But I think this may be the first week of the year he gets to 300 yards, multiple passing touchdowns. And I think that Green Bay does enough to get the win. However, Taylor Heineke... I think I'm with you and George is going to provide a spark to this offense with his athleticism. And uh, as a fantasy owner, I'm putting Terry McLaurin into my lineups. He's had an underwhelming start to the year, but he does have some previous rapport with Heineke. So I like scary Terry getting in the end zone. And I think the running game with B Rob and the short passing game with JD McKissick gets you guys some points. I'll go green Bay to just barely cover the spread. I'll say Packers get a win 27 to 21, but Washington plays more respectful, and despite the fan base not supporting them, not necessarily them, not supporting the ownership, I think that they still show up to play and give you guys something to cheer about. Jay Luds? Yeah, right there with you guys. You got the Packers 27-20, Green Bay minus five this game. I think um, I think Heineke is going to bring some life to that team. Um, I really do. You guys know I text that in the group chat you know, earlier, you know, a couple of days back. Heineke? Um, yeah, and I, I like the way B Rob's been running the ball. It'd just be nice if they won't get, you know, so wrapped up in trying to force passes with Wentz now. You know, I mean, don't don't give right. up on the run now that you got Heineke in there. Um, and, hey, you guys, we saw have to mix McKissick. in all three of our running backs. Exactly, and all and three you see of them what, played pretty well. Yeah, and you, you see what McKissick does when he's in there. I've been, you know, every week I've been trying, <laughs> just hyping him up, man. Every time he's in there, he's positive yards, positive yards. So. Stick to the run, especially with Aaron Rodgers out there, even though he's been – not even so much him. It's just struggling offense. Um, yeah. So, yeah, 27-20. Uh, I will give the Packers the edge. Uh, Green Bay minus five. All right. So, let's just swallow the points there. End us up strong, my man. Let's hear the upset parlay. This week, guys, you know, Atlanta's been impressing me a bit. Played the Bucks tough, Surprise. you know, and it's not, it's not like the Bucks have blown the world away, but it, you know the Bucks are still, I feel, a tough team. Atlanta hung in there. Um, they won last week, right? 
Didn't they win or they lost the close? They won. No, yeah. they, they beat the 49ers yeah. by 14 yeah. points. That's right. That's right. Atlanta plus six at Cincy this week, guys. I think it's uh, okay. I think they can keep it close. Definitely cover the spread there. And I like the New York Jets plus one at Denver. Russell Wilson, I don't think he has it anymore, guys. Uh, missing throws. Their defense is good, but Jets' offense has been pretty strong. Jets plus one in Denver this week. All right. Now, guys, I got a new wrinkle I'm going to start doing for Jay Luds here. I got my online betting account up right now. If you were to parlay the Atlanta Falcons plus six and the New York Jets plus one, you're going to get plus 264. So if you bet $100, you'll win $264. That's good money. You're winning, you know, two and a half times your money. I mean, Atlanta, I don't think they can beat Cincy, but I'm with you, Luds. I think they can keep it close. And I think... By all accounts, the Denver Broncos, unless Russell Wilson figures something out, they're not going to figure out the running game. Melvin Gordon's over on the sideline pouting. Their defense is for real. <laughs> but the New York Jets are playing with confidence. Just, yeah. I think a little bit of that Dayball magic. They play in the same stadium. Robert Sala and the Jets. They're leaving some of the yeah. yeah. Yes. The, yeah. the entire state of New York, from the Bills to the Jets to the Giants. My God, we could use some of that magic here in the nation's capital. Even to the help Pats. It. Even the Pats, too, man. They show up Bailey, sometimes. Yeah. Bailey Zappy. Yeah, the Northeast hey. is on fire. Don't fall asleep on their defense. Pat's defense is for real. Of course. They're for real. Of course. Yeah, no, I mean Bill Belichick's one of the one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time. Come on, the guy used to coach Lawrence Taylor and the New York mm-hmm. Giants. So that that's what Bill Belichick does. He does defense. Mm-hmm. What we do here, guys, is the NFC East. And like I said, don't forget, we are the best division in football right now. I'm so excited um, to fly out to Dallas to watch my Cowboys play. I hope you guys take that journey with me um, on social media. Appreciate all you guys listening. Appreciate George um, taking a break from the hotel cocktails to call in. Luds and John, fire as always. We love you all. This is the NFC East. Peace.